Today we're going right back into our message series, and those of you that have been with us every single week, I am so glad that you have done that, and I'm glad that you're with us uh, today for what is the fifth and final message in this series. So glad you're here. By the way, those of you that have been unable to be with us and you're just joining us for the first time today, you don't have to say, well, you know, I missed the previous ones. No, this this talk, this message will stand right on its own and it's going to be helpful. We've been in this series. We've been talking about up. How do you stay up when things are down? And we're going to talk about something that is really important, really practical. And again, I believe it's going to help you tremendously. So I want you to stay with me. In fact, maybe you want to go ahead and share this with somebody, ask somebody to join you. Uh, We're on Facebook, and we're on the church's website, and we're on YouTube, and so you can uh, ask them to join you for the next few moments. Uh, I want to go ahead and encourage you to join us. We're starting a brand new message series next week, and I'm totally fired up about it, and we're calling it Experiencing the Goodness of God. We serve a really, really good God. Maybe you're wondering, is God good all the time? What about when this is happening in my life, or this is going wrong. Is God still good? Well, we're going to talk about that, so you'll want to join us next week as we begin that. What we're going to talk about today is something that all of us need to hear, and we're going to talk about becoming confident becoming confident. Our time together right now is going to be helpful for anybody that ever struggles with any insecurity whatsoever, and that would include just about all of us. All of us in some way, some shape, some size, some form, we probably struggle with an insecurity or two. Unless you're Superman, which you may be, or you're Wonder Woman, which you may be, unless you're that, you most likely have one or more insecurities that will pester you from time to time. It might be an insecurity. You may have an insecurity about uh, being a good mom or dad, and you may feel that you never measure up, that you're never good enough, that you feel insecure about the kind of dad you are or the kind of mom you are. It may be an insecurity that you have concerning success or lack thereof. Maybe you think, well, you know, I'm not nearly as successful as I had hoped that I would be. I've not really reached, you know, where I wanted to be with my life. Maybe you feel insecurity uh, about that. I hope not, but it's highly probable that some of you do. Or, or maybe you're insecure about your intellect, or maybe you're insecure about your appearance, or maybe you're insecure about the direction of your life, the path that your life is on. Maybe that causes you to be uh, insecure. Maybe you're insecure because you've not reached somebody's expectation of you. In in fact, it may be that you've not reached your own uh, level, uh, your own expectation uh, about yourself, and you feel insecure about that. Or maybe you're still, even though you're grown and you've been an adult for a long, long time, maybe you're still trying to measure up to your parents' expectations of you, and you're just like, "I've, I've not done that, I've not achieved that. And as a result of that, maybe you feel insecure. Maybe you feel un, uh, insecure about, about your future, about where you're headed. And often when you and I become squeezed by insecurity, we have a tendency to resort to one of two things. Either we will resort to, if we're feeling insecure, we will, uh, we will sometimes just give up hope and stop trying to excel in that area that we feel we need to excel in. And sometimes we'll just say, well, you know what? Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just going to criticize what I really want, and I'm not hitting that, so, uh, and 
I'm not feeling confident and I'm feeling insecure. So we can become critical or we can hang back and not participate. And, uh, you know, this is so pathetic and embarrassing for me to share with you. And uh, I probably shouldn't, but I guess I'll go ahead and do so since I've sort of stepped out and already declared it. But uh, I was a preteen. And a part of uh, the home church that I grew up in in the Atlanta metro area, and uh, I was preteen, as I mentioned, and we were having a social event. And I was invited to be a part of this social event and been to many others, obviously. And so I was invited to go out for this event that we're going to be having. And I just had no interest in it at all. Zero. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be a part of it. I told my family I had no intentions of going. And you're like, well, well, why? Were you just antisocial? Were you just not wanting to be around some of the people? Had nothing to do with that at all. And again, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but the social event was, and this is why I didn't want to participate, the social event was bowling. And you're saying, well, what's the deal with that? Why wouldn't you want to go to an event? And again, it's embarrassing, but I was not I was not good at bowling, and because I was not good at bowling, uh, I didn't want to participate. If I couldn't go with the confidence of knowing that I would probably win in bowling, then I had no interest in going. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that pathetic? But that's, that's how I felt. It's goofy. It's insecure for me to have felt that way, uh, but I did. And that's, you know, that's a small thing. That's not like a big, major ordeal in life. But here's the problem. This is when it becomes more serious, our insecurities, or we're lacking confidence. Here's where it really becomes a problem. It's when you and I, I want you to think about this now. I want you to listen to this closely. It's when you and I begin to miss out on some heaven-sent, God-ordained opportunities. Let me say that again. This is where our insecurities, our lack of confidence becomes a problem. Problem is when you and I, because of that, we start missing out on some God-sent, heaven-ordained opportunities that God has for us, and we miss out on those opportunities. For example, it may be that, um, you know, you talk yourself out of applying for a job. You want to apply for a job. You feel that that job would fit your gifts and your abilities for the most part, and you seem to have a passion uh, for that, but it's a lack of confidence that you just maybe you talk yourself out of that. Or maybe at a company where you work right now, you know that there's a promotion that is to be had. And you're like, I'd really like to have that promotion, but, but you don't initiate, you don't move forward and in letting your interest be known. And it may be as a result of an insecurity. You just lack confidence. And so what might you do? You might miss out on a heaven sent, God ordained opportunity. Or, or maybe um, you you tell yourself, it would be crazy for me to go back to school. And, and you'd like to, and it would make sense to, uh, for you to. Maybe it would further your career, but you're like, you know, how could I go back to school? That would just be crazy. And your insecurity about that, your lack of confidence about that may talk you out of doing what you'd really like to do. Or you do not pursue a relationship that you're interested in because maybe you have an insecurity about being rejected. 
or, or the idea of a startup business or a, a side hustle, as Dave Ramsey would call it. And you're like, I would like to do this, but, but you don't move forward on it because you may lack confidence. You may feel it's like a good idea, but maybe it's not a good idea for you. And so you may miss out on a heaven-sent, God-ordained opportunity that could have been good for your life. Or, or maybe you'd like to step out and serve in a particular ministry. And you're like, you know what? I know that God wants to use me. I know that God has given me certain spiritual gifts. But, you know, I'm not sure that I, I, I would be effective at that. Maybe you want to lead a small group. And you hear us talking about leading a small group. And, and we'll help to equip you. And you're like, I know I should probably do that. But your insecurity may lead you into passivity. And that's a really, really tough way to live the rest of your life. And I don't want that to be true for you. I don't want you to miss out on heaven-sent, God-ordained opportunities because you lack confidence or, or because you have an insecurity. So here's where we're going with this today. We do not need more self-confidence. What we actually need, and we're going to talk about it today, is we need God-confidence. Let me say that again. It's not that you and I need necessarily more self-confidence. It's probably that it would be a really, really good thing for us to have some God confidence. And, and you're saying like, Jeff, where did that come from? I want you to look at our very first verse today. Look at it right up here on the screen. Look at it with me. Maybe you want to read it out loud with me. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Let's look at that verse again. Maybe you want to write it down. Go back and look at it later. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. And that's what we're going to talk about together for the next few moments. Am I saying that self-confidence is trivial? Am I saying that self-confidence is unimportant? I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying, and I want you to be sure that you get it, is God confidence is way more important. It's not that self-confidence is unimportant. It's just that God confidence is more important and will never reach We'll never reach our God-given potential without it. And I want you to realize that even before we really get deeper into this. If you don't have a certain God confidence, you're going to miss out on. And again, I don't want this to happen to you, but you will miss out on the God-given potential that God has for you. So here's what I want us to do. Maybe you want to get your notepad handy or your tablet. I want to give you three thoughts about becoming confident. Three thoughts. It's not complex. It's not going to like rattle your brain, but it's things that probably you already know, but you just need to be reminded of from God's Word. So I want to give you three things about becoming confident. First of all, I am confident, and you're saying this, you're personalizing this. I am confident because God is with me. First of all, I am confident because God is with me. I love this verse. I want you to look at it right up here. Look at this verse. It's a great verse. With God on our side, how can we lose? When God is on our side, how can you and I lose? And that's a great question. It's rhetorical because if God is on our side, we cannot lose. I mean, I know you would agree with me that it's a good thing to have God on your side. And he is. Now, 
you're not, if you know me, going to be very surprised by this when I tell you that I am a huge college football fan. And what I'm about to say, and just do it for illustration's sake, I know as I begin to mention a little bit of this, uh, for some of you, it's going to feel like I'm speaking a language from another part of the world, but just hang in here with me, if you will. In college football, uh, we're told this, that a football game will come down as to who's going to win, who's going to lose the game. It will generally come down to about 10 to 15 plays in that game. So, like, 10 to 15 plays are going to determine the outcome in terms of who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the loser. Now, those 10 to 15 plays are tethered to probably 5 to 10 players. And so, when you hear, and again, I know some of you, you're like, you know, I have zero interest in this. But some of you, you're like, you follow, like, how many stars does a player have coming out of high school? And, and uh, you know, what is their talent level? Or what are some of the strengths or weaknesses that they have, you know, in terms of recruit? And that matters because, you know, it matters who's on your sideline. It matters who's on your side. It matters who's on your team. If five or ten players are going to determine the 10 to 15 plays that are going to deter- determine the outcome of the game, then it matters on who's on your side. It matters who's on your team. Uh, can I just say that also matters in business. If, if you're the owner of a company or you're a supervisor or a manager of some sort, it really matters. The players on your team, it matters who's on your side. The right players can help you to achieve things that you and I could never obviously do on our own. Now, having said that concerning, you know, just an illustration with college football, I want to just say this. I want you to stop and think about this for just a moment. If you are a follower of Jesus, to know that God is on your side, We just read that a moment ago. To know that God is actually with you, how can you lose? I want you to just think about that for a moment. If God is on your side, and that is true, if you've invited Christ to become the Savior and the leader of your life, and Jesus is living and breathing on the inside of you, if God is on your side, then how in the world could you ever lose? That's a winning combination. You know, do my kids ever have to wonder, do my kids ever say, you know, I wonder if dad is for me. I wonder if dad is with me. I wonder if dad is on my side. Well, I I want to just say this. They better not. That ought to be clear to them at this point, even though they're grown, that their dad, that I am with them, that I am for them, that as it relates to my kids, I'm on their side, and it especially relates to my grandkids, maybe even a little bit more, and some of your grandparents understand that. Now, the reality is God is on your side, and that's even more important. To know that your heavenly Father is on your side. I am confident. You're personalizing that. I am confident because God is with me. And you don't have to worry about whether or not your heavenly Father is with you. He definitely is. But here's a challenge. So many people, and I run into this all the time, so many people misunderstand the character and nature of our Father in heaven. So many people wonder about, well, what does God think about me? Uh, This is how God must feel about me. And so some people, this is their idea. This is their understanding concerning what God thinks about them. Some people operate with the attitude that God is angry at me. God is never happy with me. God, and when they think about, you know, what does God think about them? It's like, you know, God is angry at me or he's disappointed with me. 
Or, or maybe a person, and maybe you, you just feel that you've done so much wrong, you've made so many poor choices in your life, you've said you would not, and you did, or you would and you didn't, and this has happened again and again. You said you would never, ever do it again, and you did it anyhow. And so some of you, when you think about your Heavenly Father, you say, well, this is how God must feel about me. He must be done with me. Or maybe some of you feel that God has alienated himself from me, or God is uninterested in me, in me, or maybe God is exasperated with me, or God is against me, or God has forgotten me. Now, that may be what you think, but it is not how God feels. I want to say that again. You may think that way. That may be the way that you think, but that is not the way that God thinks. See, you don't have to wonder or worry about this another day. You don't. God is for you. I want you to, and I'm talking to you, and you may be like, Jeff, you're talking to other, no, I'm talking to you. God is for you, and God is with you, and with this comes his blessings, and with this comes his rewards upon your life. I want you to look at this with me. Hebrews 10.35 says this, so do not throw away this confident, we're talking about becoming confident, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. And there are tremendous rewards that are in play when you know that God is with you, that God is on your side, that God is right there with you every step of the way. Secondly, and again, I want you to personalize this one as well. Secondly, I am confident because God is helping me. I am confident because God is helping me. I want to ask you, is there anything in your life that you ever need help with? Of course you do. And so do I. I need help all of the time and in all kinds of ways. If there is anything that I have to deal with that is mechanical in nature, I'm like, help. I am helpless and I need a helper. If it has to do with anything mechanical, if it has to do with anything electrical, if it has to do with anything in regards to any form of construction, I need help. I need a helper. If it relates to computers, I can do things with computers that was never intended, not because I know computers, but because I don't. I can wipe out stuff on a computer without even trying. I need a helper. I need a helper. I, I can remember about, I think it was about three Christmases ago, uh, I was putting some Christmas lights up on the house, like, you know, for the outside to look great at Christmas time with lights and festive and such. And so I was putting them up, and while I was up on the roof hanging these Christmas lights, uh, it, it got dark. And, uh, you know, we didn't have this big ladder, still don't. And so I was able to shimmy up on the roof okay and, and get up there, and I was hanging the Christmas lights. And in the meantime, nobody's at home. So it gets dark, and I'm continuing to uh, place the lights around the edge of the house, and I, I get my task completed, and it's time to come down. But there's a gap between the roof and the, and the top of my ladder, and so I have a dilemma. I, I can't get down. I'm hanging off the side of the roof. It's a, it's a terrible sight, uh, trying to find the ladder with my feet, and it's impossible. And I'm like, well, this is not really good. I'm not going to be able to get down. Nobody's at home. What am I going to do? Thankfully, I had my cell phone on the roof with me, so I call for some help. I call my friend Brian Wilkinson, and I'm like, Brian, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, and probably we want to keep this between us. You know, maybe you don't want to share it, but I'm stuck on my own roof. 
and I can't get down, and I need some help. Well, a few minutes later, Brian shows up and his dad, and with a big ladder, and I'm able to come off of my own roof that I've been stuck on for a while. Now, by the way, Brian, thank you for doing that, and I'll be putting lights up again in about six months, so keep your phone handy. I, I can remember another time that I need help. Now, I want to, you know, I'm going to show you a picture, but I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, if the sight of blood or something that looks like blood causes you to become squeamish, you may want to look away. I took a picture of myself in the emergency room. This has been some time ago, but uh, some of you will see this, and some of you may remember this, and some of you are going to get a great chuckle out. Look at that right there. I mean, that is my forehead. And some of you, you're squeamish, but you couldn't help it. You had to look anyhow. So I'm going to get away from that so you don't, you know, if that's, you know, could happen to you. And you're saying, what in the world happened to your forehead? Now, I would love to tell you. Here's what I'd love to tell you. I would love to tell you that that injury, minor as it was, was the result of saving an old lady from a thief who was trying to steal her purse. I would love to tell you that that is what happened. But that wasn't it. I would love to tell you that that minor injury was the result of breaking up a fight between two huge bikers, and I just happened to get in the middle of the fray. I'd love to tell you that, but that's not what happened. You know what happened? I was actually working in my office, and I leaned down to pick up something off the floor, and I hit my own head on my own desk drawer, and I needed some help. Immediately, it started bleeding. I call up my friend and uh, Dr. Hal Eskowitz, and I'm like, Hal, I, I may need some stitches or something. Uh, I go to the emergency room. He's working. Thankfully, I needed a helper, and so he walks me back. Now, I got to tell you, I think I saw a little smirk on his face once I told him what had happened, and I'm like, I think I may need some stitches here, and he would have stitched it, but he said, hey, I can't stitch that, Pastor Jeff, because it's not like you've sliced it, you've taken like a golf divot out. And so he banched it up, healed fine, but I needed a helper. And maybe there's so many areas of your life that you needed a helper. Where do you need a helper at this point in your life? Where do you need a helper? Maybe right now in your life, you need help financially. Maybe that's where you need your help. Maybe you need help with your kids. I want you to look at a, a verse right here, a couple of verses, actually. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. God has said this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with what? With what? With confidence. We say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. You may say, well, I, I am afraid because, you know, I've got some challenge with my kids and I need help. Or I'm trying to reach my lost family members and friends that need Jesus. I need help with that. Or maybe you're at a stage where you need help in your marriage or you need help with your job or in your business. Maybe you need help because you need peace in your life right now, or you need joy, or you need hope, or you need strength, or you need comfort. Where is it that you need help? I am confident, and again, we're personalizing this, I am confident because God is helping me. And friends, I want to just say this to you. When it finally hits you that your Heavenly Father is your helper, it will dispel your fears and insecurities. I want to say that again. How do you become confident, God confident? It's when you come to the realization that your heavenly father stands ready to help you, whatever your need is, wherever you need help, that will dispel, dispel your fears and insecurity. 
because you will personally discover that God is with you and that God loves you and that God wants to help you and you are not alone and what God has for you is more than enough. Friends, that is so true for you. What God has for your life because he's your loving heavenly father who wants to help you. What God has for your life is more than enough. I want you to look at this verse out of the Psalms. This is Psalm 46 in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to, look at that word, to help. Look at the rest of this phrase, to help in times of trouble. God is always looking to help us. Please listen, friends. God is with you all of the time, and God wants to help you all of the time, but especially when you're confused or when you're in trouble. God is a very present help. We're confident of this, that God is a very present help in times of trouble. Now, thirdly and lastly, I am confident, and I'll say it again. This is what you're personalizing. This is what you're believing for. This is what you're asking God to do. I am confident because God is not finished with me. I am confident because God is not finished with me. And um, let me illustrate it this way. And and this question would be for the guys. Uh, I want you to think about, do you have any unfinished task lying around anywhere? And you're saying, like, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Maybe I do. Well, if you're not for certain as to whether or not you have some unfinished task that you started or you said you were going to do, and you happen to be married, just ask your wife. Because you may not remember them, but there's a high probability she will. Now, maybe you don't want to ask that question. But unfinished tasks, things that we thought we'd get around to or we had good intentions to get around to, but we just never chose to do so. I am confident because God is not finished with the task that he began. God is not finished with me. I'm incredibly grateful that God is still working in my life. I am, even at this point, being a Christian for many, many years, I'm grateful that God is still working in my life because if this is the best version of me, I am highly disappointed. Because there's areas in my life that I still need to grow. There's areas in my life that God is not finished with yet. And I've, I've got the sneaky suspicion that that is true for you as well. That there's some areas in your life that God is still working on. There's some areas in your life that God is not finished with yet. And we ought to be confident that God has not given up on us. Now, if you are like most people, and you probably are, I want to just say this in these last few moments. I want you to think about this. Hear me out, will you? Your greatest adversary. Your greatest adversary is not your boss. It is not. Your greatest adversary is not your ex-husband or your ex-wife. Your greatest adversary is not your former business partner or your so-called friend. Your adversary is not even your homeowner's association or the other political party based on whatever party that you happen to be in. Can I just say this? Your greatest adversary is not even the devil himself. It is not. Your greatest adversary, my greatest adversary, is actually the person that stares back at me every time that I look in the mirror. That's my biggest problem. And that's your biggest problem. Not me, but you. You're just like me. You look in the mirror, that's normally the person that gives us the most trouble. Do you ever have moments like that where you wonder, you know, 
why is my sin frequency so high? Do you ever wonder that? Do you ever have this thought, I've been a Christian so long, it just seems like I would be done with sin once and for all. Why do I still continue to sin? Why is my sin frequency so high? Maybe, maybe you look in the mirror and you just say, you know, and you ask yourself, why do I still have lingering doubts? Shouldn't I be over my doubts by now? And you're like, I'm hoping that God is still working in me, that I'm not an unfinished task. Maybe you're saying, maybe your situation is where you say, you know, why am I still stuck in this habit or addiction? I want to be free. I want to break out of this. I don't ever want this to be a part of my life ever again. Why am I stuck in this habit or addiction? Why don't I really trust God more? Maybe you're wondering, maybe what is the reality for your life is the wondering of, are you ever going to get over that pain? Are you ever going to get over that problem? Are you ever going to get past that hurt? I am confident, and we're personalizing this, I am confident because God is not finished with me. We're about to wrap up, but I want you to see one more verse right up here on the screen. Being confident, that's what we're talking about, becoming confident. Being confident of this, that he, God, who began a good work, he started a good work in me, in you. Look at this next phrase, we'll carry it on to completion. We'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I want you, as we wrap up today, to become confident of this truth. Maybe if for just a moment you've just, you know, you just sort of tuned out slightly. I want you to just bring your attention fully back into this moment because I really want you to capture this. That you and I need to become confident of this truth that our Heavenly Father is not finished with us. I want to just say it to you. Your Heavenly Father, the God that loves you, the God that is with you, the God that wants to and will be your helper, He is not finished with you yet. You are, you can draw encouragement in this. You are still in work, uh, work in progress. That's who you are. That's who I am. We are still works in progress. And I want to just say to you that if God has not quit on you and God has not, then don't you dare quit on yourself. I want to say that again because maybe you, you missed that. If God has not quit on you and God has not, then don't you dare quit on yourself. God is with you. I am confident. Why am I confident? I am confident because God is with me. Why am I confident? I am confident because God is helping me. Why am I confident? I am confident because God is not finished with me. That he who began a good work, I'm confident of this. That's what the writer said. That he who began a good work will bring it forth into a day of completion. Can we bow our heads right where we're at? Would you do that? And would you close your eyes? And I just want to pray for you right there where you are, right there where you've been watching this today. Do you need God to turn your insecurities into confidence? Do you need God to turn your insecurities into God confidence? I want to pray for you right now. And maybe you're a person right now that you're a son or a daughter, that you're a prodigal son or daughter, that you need to come back home to your heavenly father that loves you and wants to receive you. Maybe you've just been in drift mode and it's time for you to come back home. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're a person that you need confidence concerning your future and forever home. And maybe you're not in right relationship with God. As we wrap up today, I want to pray for you. Do you need confidence 
Do you need God confidence? Do you need to come back home if you've been straight away? Come back home as a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, to a father who is reaching out his arms to you. Do you need to be confident that when you die, or Jesus comes, that you're going to have a forever permanent home in heaven with God? Let's pray together. Father, we just ask right now for any person that's just saying, Lord, I, I'm just missing out on a God-given, heaven-sent opportunities because of my insecurities. I'm not stepping out. I'm not trusting. I'm not confident in you, God, the way that I want to be. God, help me. God, please take my insecurities and turn them around because I want to have more than just self-confidence. I want to have God-confidence. God, I pray for any person right now. And there may be numerous ones that are saying, you know, Jesus, I used to walk with you. I grew up in church. I went to church. I was in youth group or kids' church. And I I used to be a part of uh, the ministry of a church. And I've just drifted. And I know that I need to come back home to a Father in heaven that loves me and wants to help me and that is for me and that's got a plan for my life. I just pray that right now, God, that they would just say, Lord, I recommit to you. I I respond to you, God. I want to recommit my life to you for the rest of my life. And then for those that lack confidence, God, they don't know at this point if if they were to die today where they would spend eternity. And I pray that they will settle that with you right now, that Jesus, they want to be with you in heaven forever and ever. And because you went to the cross and you paid off their sin debt in full, that right now, in these closing moments of this service, they would say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, give me the strength that I need to walk with you so that one day I spend forever with you in heaven. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for being with us today. I look forward to seeing you right back here next week. I love you, everybody. God bless you. Have an awesome week.